0: Some people are rather lax about church attendance. You know, church members the church never sees. Church members who couldn't tell you the present pastor's name if they were on a witness stand. Some folks just don't prioritize being present with their fellow believers in person. Some say, I can be a good Christian without going to church. There are lots of people who just flat don't like church. Here's some books, uh, for example. Quitting Church. They like Jesus, but not the church. A churchless faith. So you don't want to go to church anymore. And that book is about a pastor. You know, I, there are lots of books like that. I quit buying them, frankly, and quit reading them because I, I think I get the picture. I get it. The Lord of the Church is perfect. The people of the church are not. And some people are just choosing not to go to church. One of the popular trends in our culture is a privatized, personalized, individualized approach to the Christian faith. But God's plan is that we follow Jesus together, not as isolated individuals. Remember that the Bible text for today reads, Do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together as some do. So if some do, why? Why would followers of Jesus not want to be with their church families? Let's talk about reasons people don't go to church. Some of the more common rationalizations for staying away from church include the following. Number one, I prefer worshiping on my own. Recently, someone posted this on Facebook. Religion is a man sitting in a church thinking about fishing. Spirituality is a man fishing thinking about God. There's a theological word for that, baloney. Those aren't the only two options. God's plan is a man, woman, boy, or girl sitting in church and thinking about God. Jesus died not only to give individuals new lives, but to create a new community where we will belong. Where we, where we will find deep relationships and join God in His mission to the world together. God did, Jesus didn't found a series of individual shrines. He founded the church. A second reason people don't come to the church building is this. Churches are full of hypocrites. That's a common one. And it's not untrue that there are hypocrites at church. There are. But let's be clear about the definition of a hypocrite. The word hypocrite originally described an actor who played the part of a character in a play and then later played the part of a different character. Spiritual hypocrisy is when our walk doesn't match our talk. When our religious language at church church, writes checks that our behavior during the week can't cash. Hypocrisy is having a a great display in the show window, and nothing in the warehouse. And genuine hypocrisy, the kind that misleads sincere people and gives ammunition to those who would attack the church, must turn God's stomach. But while it's true that some people are indeed hypocritical, some are sincere people going to church in an effort to get things right. It is no more hypocritical for sinners to come to church than it is for sick people to go to the hospital. Imagine a nurse walking into your hospital room and telling you, you have no business here. You're sick. You'd answer, why do most folks come? It is not hypocrisy when an imperfect person attends church services. Hypocrisy is actually pretending to be one thing when in fact we are something else. So here's a pointer for those who understandably are frustrated when you Go to worship, wherever you go, and you look around and you see so many hypocrites. Do you remember this nursery rhyme? Pussycat, pussycat, where have you been? I've been to London to visit the queen. Pussycat, pussycat, what did you there? I frightened a little mouse under the chair. Poor cat, went to see the queen and got distracted by a mouse. Some of us come to church and miss the king. We look around at folks we believe are hypocrites and or we see the mistakes made by the singers or the poor grammar of the preacher or the temperature of the worship space or the number of light bulbs that are missing in the chandeliers and we go home without meeting the king. We've come to the palace and focused on the mice. So when you come to church services, don't get distracted. Catch yourself a glimpse of the king. A third reason people don't come to church is I've been hurt by the church. Lots of people have abandoned churches because they've been hurt, angered, or shamed by churches. This one pains me because I know it's true. Sometimes the church is hurtful. And church hurt hurts worse. We expect more from Christians. And when Christians hurt us, that hurt does not heal quickly. I don't have a great answer for that, frankly. Within the next decade, I will celebrate 50 years of serving the church, mainly as a missionary and a pastor. Over the years, I too have been hurt by the church, so I understand church hurt. So let me say something personal. I am so deeply grateful for the health and joy of Huntsville's First Baptist Church. I'm so grateful that I get to serve such a life-giving, truly happy family. And if you're looking for a church home, Find a life-giving, healthy, happy congregation where your church hurt can be healed. A fourth reason people don't come to church is I need to get my act together and get cleaned up first. Dennis Parker, the guitar player with that wonderful story of redemption and grace whose testimony we shared a few weeks ago said when I was interviewing him, people think they have to get cleaned up first and then come to church. Of course, Dennis's point was, that's not true. You don't have to get everything worked out before you join a church family. But I admit, I'm sure churches probably unintentionally may make people feel that way. I can't get over a story told by Philip Yancey. A friend of his was working with folks in Chicago who are on the periphery of society. A homeless, ailing prostitute went to Yancey's friend asking for help for herself and her two-year-old daughter. As tears of shame soaked her face, she confessed that she had been renting out her precious little girl to perverted men in order to pay for her drugs. Even Yancey's streetwise friend was shocked at her saga. Not knowing exactly what to say, he asked if she had ever considered going to a church for help. I will never forget the look of pure astonishment that crossed her face, this friend told Yancey. Church, she exclaimed. Why would I ever go there? They'd just make me feel worse than I already do. I just cannot get over that story. Why would I go to church? They'd make me feel worse than I already do. I'm concerned about the perception that many have of the church, that we're the last place on earth, the last place on earth they'd go if they were in trouble. People sure weren't afraid to go to Jesus when they were in trouble. I tell that as a reminder to churches, including ours, to be places of grace. And I tell it so that you, if you if you feel in any way embarrassed about going to church, that you will give church a try. All churches are not the same. And I urge you, find a good church near you to, to try and let them treat Jesus, treat you like Jesus would treat you. There are lots of reasons for not gathering in person like. You know, I prefer worshiping God alone. The church is full of hypocrites and I get hurt at church. I got hurt at church and I I need to get my act together first. But there's a fifth one, a new one. It's this. I'll just watch church at home. This latest one grows out of this pandemic and the habit that we've all gotten into worshiping via the internet or the television, doing group Bible study by Zoom and so on. So many have grown accustomed to online worship and worship on TV. Some of us pastors are a little concerned that the first day back might look like this. Poor Mrs. Jones. We're concerned that we might see some of that on June 7 when we begin our in-person worship. Frankly, we're more concerned that this is what we might see. We're concerned that's, that's what we might see. Everybody's home watching and no one is in the building. Of course, we don't yet know how many will show up, but I believe it's more than just a hunch that some people are going to say, I can watch online. After all, I can dress how I want. I can watch any time I want. I can mute the preacher if I want and I can watch the church with the best production. On the one hand, I want to applaud those of you who are watching who were not watching before, and I mean that. It's like you have walked into the swimming pool area and and sat down with your toes in the water, and I'm thrilled you're here. But at some point, I hope you'll jump in, and here's why. In Hebrews 10.25, we read, Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. I believe Christian faithfulness involves the decision to join with people who are not perfect to worship the one who is. There's another verse we need to remember. Acts 20:28 20, speaks of the church, and I'm quoting now the church which he bought with his blood. So, so why not just stay home and watch online or on TV? Well, our Lord who died to save the church and to establish the church said, Y'all keep on getting together. When we sing together, when we pray together, when someone in a a Bible study class says, my doctor gave me some bad news. When someone in a small group says, I'm really struggling with my faith. When we look over and see our, our Christian brother singing with his heart, though he sat on the front row of a funeral just a few weeks earlier. When a mom holds a baby on the row we're sitting on and we remember the importance of passing the faith from generation to generation. When a teacher points out an insight from scripture and a light bulb goes off. When someone speaks a kind word to us not knowing how badly we needed it. we become part of something bigger than we are. We know we're we're not isolated and, and not on our own. We are participants, not just spectators. It's one thing to sit in the dugout. It's another thing to get in the game. Believe me, I know. In my only year of Little League Baseball, I watched just about every game from the comfort of the dugout. I had an unreasonable coach. He insisted that the players be able to hit and catch the ball. So I was mostly in the dugout, and I had a great view. I could see everything that was going on and I had a uniform just like all the other players. But watching from the dugout just is not the same as being part of the action on the field. Some of you are sitting in your church's dugout and it's not not because the coach won't let you in to play. This is your call. I know some of you are unable to come any longer once you were out, of, out there on the field in the middle of your church's life and, and you're no longer able to do that. I know that must be discouraging. But I do hope you'll take great satisfaction in having served so well. Others of you are going to wait a while before you come back to worship in person because of COVID-19 and you're vulnerable and, and you want to be safe. That's understandable and that's a good thing. It won't be long, though, we pray that you'll be able to run back onto the field safely. But some of you, some followers of Jesus watching me now need to get yourselves back to the church family of which you are part. You know that in your heart. What is happening on the field is far too important for you to watch from the dugout. So put your cap on and grab your glove. Your church needs you. One final word. I was in a church in Vermont several summers ago. They had an interesting wall in their fellowship hall. On the wall of that small room were several mugs, coffee mugs or hot chocolate mugs, not plain mugs, unique mugs, odd shapes, wild colors. We were curious enough to ask about them. And with great delight, one of the ladies in the church explained that that each member brings his or her favorite mug to the church. Mugs that represent each member's interests and personalities. I like, I like this mug. Be careful or you'll end up in my sermon. <laughs> when that church in Vermont has social gatherings, members drink out of their mugs and wash them and hang them back on the wall. The wall then is a A beautiful mosaic of mugs, unique mugs, mugs that have stories behind them, mugs that represent something important to the owner. That wall has become a symbolic tapestry that represents the family that is that little church. That wall would be incomplete if a mug were missing. Here's my point. When you're not here, we miss your mug.